0: And now, live from Level 5 Productions on the island of Milleronia, it's the Larry Miller Show! Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and everyone who just loves leftovers... Hi folks and welcome back to the Larry Miller show. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way aren't we all? And boy, it's beautiful here. I'm back on the mainland. We are not on Milleronia today. Colonel Jeff and I are in the studio at Stately Miller Manor. and well, the, the main reason is, in fact the only reason is that we're having a new fence put in uh, down at the bottom of the property. I think that's what you say when you have a lot of property, isn't it? <laughs> They're at the bottom of the property. The property? Whoa, boy. <laughs> you know, get some of that good bottom land by at the bottom of the property. But uh, we, uh, that thing has been, uh, well, broken. And there's a little door, a gate door. This is all metal stuff like chicken wire gates and going to another another house. I'm not going to call it a property, by the way, but it's, it's the house below us. There are two houses there and then one on the side, and everybody has dogs, I guess, but the point is that we don't want their dogs coming in. It's it's the weirdest thing. I love dogs. Who doesn't love dogs? But uh, Send us letters, by the way, if you don't love dogs, but you know what? I love them, and the truth is it's a little weird when you see, as we have the last few weeks uh, here at the regular house, we... we you see a dog in the backyard that's not your dog. You see your two dogs, and even if it seems okay or nice enough, you think, what in the world is that thing? Well, it's not, it's just a thing now. It's just, how did, what, the, who, why? And so, at any rate, uh, but for all sorts of other good reasons, we decided. To get a fence guy out, we called a friend of ours, and he said, oh, I know a great guy. He did a fence at my uh, property, <laughs> at the bottom of my property. But he recommended a guy, and they came out here. Well, it won't surprise you to know, it's not cheap. But uh, I guess nothing is. But it's not as if the guy says, uh, but they're going to put in a whole new fence, and that's about Well, that's a ways. It's about 30 or 40 feet, and uh, a new gate in the fence, a little gate door, and they're just starting now. It's funny, too, as you know, I'm sure, when you meet the guys who own the company, and they come over, they're the nicest guys. They're really, really terrific fellas, and... uh, Everybody shakes hands and they have nice smiles and they tell uh, you, says, "Oh yes, we can do this. We'll do this and we'll come in and we'll do that. And here's what it'll cost." And then on today, which is our first day, uh, the guy just showed up, and uh, I'm sure he's a nice enough fellow. Doesn't uh, quite speak my language, but that's fine too because I said, "Well, it's good to see you." I, uh, I'm. Sure, you know what you're doing and 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 uh, and, and where you're going, and uh, he answered uh, without looking at me and without smiling. With no response, he just answered with a kind of a <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of a positive grunt. I took it at any rate, though. That's why we're back on the mainland, and it's still, oh boy, folks, it's gorgeous here, and such a beautiful Southern California day, and yes, the music, as always, makes me feel wonderful. That's the John Tolufson Orchestra and the Annabella Rua Dancers featuring boy tenor John Hay asking the musical question, If dentists can feel down in the mouth when they're sad, how do proctologists feel? Well, that's a heck of a question, John. And that's the best way to put it. Darn good question. If dentists can feel down in the mouth when they're sad, how do proctologists feel? And oddly enough, folks, this one doesn't go the way you'd think. Dentists feel down in the mouth, yes. But proctologists just say, I don't feel like seeing a comedy today. My butt really hurts. So you might think it would go to something well, wittier, something uh, a little more lyrical, a little almost poetic, like, uh, well, like down in the mouth. But Colonel Jeff and I thought, well, my butt really hurts. First of all, that's what they say. But that could also be poetic, too. That, uh, that could also, you know, when you're, well, let's say if, you, if, if your taxes don't get accepted or if it takes a long time to do them or, uh, well, if you need a new fence or anything like that. You might just say instead, my butt really hurts. Actually, you might not come to think of it. That's not, okay, that wouldn't occur. But that's what proctologists say. So thank you, John Hay, for a terrific question. And thank you, Larry Miller, for a terrific answer. And by my favorite companies, Amazon, PayPal, and the Larry Miller store. And I'll tell you about all of them. First of all, Amazon does the the, the best thing. They, they do three things no other company can do. And that's just the bottom line. Number one, they'll get you anything you want. They'll get you anything. Order anything and they'll get it to you. And number two, they already have it. They don't even have to send out for it. They don't have to ask someone. They don't have to make it themselves. They don't have to look for one in the closet. They, they have it there in their in their gigantic Indiana Jones warehouse that's a mile long and a mile wide and a mile high and a mile deep. Boy, look, they just got exactly a mile on all of those, too. But it's a terrific outfit, and they do. That's the main thing. They've already got it. And number three, my favorite part that they do, they send us a percentage of whatever you order so that's pretty terrific so here at the show whatever you get from amazon they send us a percentage of that and they send it right to the show to the larry miller show and it's cash and it lets us save it lets us put it in our steel box and lets us save for our big next fancy fried chicken dinner with two drinks beforehand in a different place and well that's a big event that's what we like that's in fact we haven't talked about it. it it's going to be in the uh, I guess the old year or the new year. It'll be sometime in December or maybe just in January. But we haven't decided. We haven't even thought about it. We haven't even talked about it. But we will, and especially with Amazon's help. And by the way, so to go to Amazon, don't go yourself. You could go to Amazon. You could get them. Just you know, you could go to tap into their whole outfit there on the computer on your computer on your iPhone, on your big laptop, anything on your thing with a big screen. But don't do that. That's you know what? That's a waste of your time. What you do is go to our website and we'll get you there. Our website, of course, Larry Miller Podcast.com Who's on the mountain? Tom Mix. Oh, boy. Pardon me. I should have had the fish. At any rate, uh, (laughs) at any rate, uh, by the way, there was a hesitation on my part. Yes, I forgot it's a post-holiday, post-Turkey, post-everything, well, hesitancy. I said, yes, just go to our website, the the Larry Miller podcast. It took me about another five seconds to the Larry Miller something or other. But that' it, go to the Larry, Go to Larrymillerpodcast.com. Who's on the mountain, Tom Mix? <laughs> Boy, That's like a police siren on Mars. <laughs> that one. <laughs> At any rate, we also have a banner for Amazon there. You click the banner on our website. We'll get you to Amazon. You go take a nap on your Lazy Boy chair. We'll get you there. And we also have a banner for PayPal. Terrific company, PayPal. Boy, folks, you work with them, you feel like you're saving the world. And who knows, maybe you are. And uh, if you enjoy my show, and why wouldn't you? And you'd like to send a few bucks to help out, and why wouldn't you? Well, you can do it through PayPal. This is just my my uh, my desires. That instead of saying donate or pay what you like, I you know, or let's join the platinum committee. I don't like things like that. I just like to say buy us some drinks, because there are different levels: level one through five, all the way up to. We're driving to Florida. <laughs> Boy, just thought maybe that guy yelling "Yes" there is a uh, is a sad proctologist. Maybe he, that maybe that's what this one does when he's feeling a little low, and he just screams. He gets up from his chair in a big nightclub or theater while he's seeing me, and he says "Yes." So it may not be just as a fan of comedy. <laughs> At any rate, you know, uh, PayPal is a a good group. Look for their banner on our website, which, again, is LarryMillerPodcast.com. Who's on the mountain? Tom Mix. (laughs) (laughs) Who couldn't like that? Who who doesn't like a rim shot at (laughs) at the end of a slogan? I know I like it. But, you know, it really makes us happy here because every little bit helps, folks. Helps us keep the old leg lamp lit. And thank you to everyone who's contributed already. It means a lot. And thank you to those who are going to do so right after the show. It, uh, well, it still means a lot. And by the Larry Miller Store. That's right. We need uh, we need something good for that. Maybe something like they, uh the thought just came into my head of uh, sort of a the theme when long-legged chorus girls with the big, big feathered hat things come down a big flight of stairs. Maybe it's not that at all. Maybe it's just me thinking of that. But they always play da 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 da. da. You know, it uh, it could be. Boy, those are those were tough jobs too. I would imagine. You know that to be a big dancer, big chorus girl, and you know a thousand steps and. Can't be easy walking down steps, wearing a costume like that, an outfit like that. I, I wouldn't mind running the rehearsals and say, "You know what? Uh, let's just do it again, and especially you. What's your name? Hey, are you in school? What's your major? In any case, uh, the, Larry Miller, the the Larry Miller store and uh, or the Larry Miller Show store. ...is now open for business. And it features... ...we've got three... ...clearly soon to be classic... ...T-shirt designs. The first one is... ...the Larry Miller Drinking Society shirt... ...which features the famous... ...LMDS logo... ...and our... ...semi-secret slogan... ...Nominum Quid Geminis... ...which is Latin for... ...you call that a double? But... ...boy... Those are good T-shirts. We'll have to get some of those, too, by the way. You and I would look good going to lunch in those T-shirts so that the waitress and the chef there could just lean over to each other and say, just give them what they want and let's get them out of here. We don't like T-shirts like that. But that's a good one. Nominum Quid Geminis. And, by the way, and this is a brand new one, Keep Calm and Larry On shirt. Says that on the T-shirt. Now that's that's just not a mantra for life, by the way. It's the motto sensation that's sweeping the nation. <laughs> that's as Colonel Jeff said. Well, that's that was the best thing I could come up with, and I said, you know what? It's terrific. And I immediately let him know. Yes, he just made the motion that he had had a few <laughs> before writing that. But don't you worry. We're not going to make Volcano Number 4 for you. That was a terrific slogan there, that uh, keep calm and larry on. And by the way, that's for dogs, too. And that is true. So you can get your doggy for the big holidays, for Christmas and Hanukkah. You can get them, well, a T-shirt that says keep calm and larry on. And you know how could you know good dogs look in something like that, and how much they want one. You may think he doesn't want to put this on. That's not true. Just hold him down, or you know, give him give him a good bap with a carnival hammer that you have handy, and uh, and put that put that t-shirt on him. But we do have them for dogs, and uh, Colonel Jeff told me about that today, and I'm mighty happy to hear it. And finally, show how tough you are. With the brand new T-shirt that says, I survived volcano number two, and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. I think that was pretty clever. I think that's a good one. And uh, all shirts, by the way, are printed on demand. And what that means is you can choose from a variety of colors. And they're available in both gentlemen's and ladies' T-shirt cuts. And uh, that's, that's good news, too. And, of course, the dogs have the dog sizes. And uh, I always like the use of gentlemen and ladies, that gentleman for, I've never quite understood, but anytime you see that an ad or a big billboard for a strip club, they'll always say, uh, yes, come to the gentleman's club of, uh, you know, they have, uh, where where we guarantee everyone is all naked, but they always use the word gentleman, just be a gentleman and come to our club. All right okay, if <laughs> you first of all, it's fine with me. I'm glad you have a business there and i and i and I hope it's doing well and you you have beautiful young women stripping well, that's okay with me. I never quite got that because I don't know where to look i never i think I may have mentioned this before, but it's been a long time, but when i uh was well on the road and somewhere in Texas or new York and you know, I, I, I would go. They would want to always want to take you. Seriously, they'd say, come on, we've got a place you want to go. And it would always be a strip club. But, you know, uh, and they'd be dancing. But I never quite got where to look. Do I look at her face and smile and see if she smiles back? I don't know. I, I, I seriously don't know that. But supposing she looks to me and smiles and I'm already looking elsewhere. And then how can I relax about looking elsewhere? How can I? I the truth is I can't. But uh, you know what? <laughs> that's all right with me. We have gentlemen's and ladies' cut for our T-shirts. Here's what you do: go to MillerShow dot com slash store, and <laughs> that's right, then you wrote on the bottom. That's LarryMillerShow.com dot com slash store. In any case, folks, I'm uh, I'm glad we're in business there, and I'm glad you're part of us. Go go take a look. I think you'll like the T-shirts. And I know your doggie will. And that brings me to my favorite part of the show, the joke of the week. Oh, I'm ready for this one. We have one that both uh, both the Colonel and I liked, and we hope you do too. Passing along a joke is still, it's a it's a great gift. It's a good thing to do in life. If you like this one, Well, pass it on yourselves to a friend or a family member or an old fraternity brother from school. And uh, here's our uh, joke of the week for this week. It's a beautiful Sunday afternoon, and there's a big pro football game on. And at the local stadium, oh, it's jam-packed. But it's jam-packed with an extra 50 young, beautiful women. There are blonde women, and they're all lovely. And they came because they have a club they're sick and tired of blonde women, as pretty as they are, being categorized as stupid. They don't like it and they don't want it. And that's why they have, well, this club. And you know what? The uh, local fellow from, well, the National Football League comes there and they have a ceremony on the field. And he says at the microphone, he says, I'm glad to see you ladies here. And it's a good point. There's no reason just because you're blonde and beautiful, you should be considered, well, stupid. So let's, let's make it a good, you know, a good afternoon for you here. And in fact, we have an award to give. And he mentions one of the women's names and she comes up and accepts the award and says, you know what? Let's show everyone here, uh, that in fact, you're not stupid at all. And, uh, he smiles and says, how much is 15 plus 15? And well, the folks, the poor the thing, just kind of looks down with her head and just thinks hard about it. And uh, she blinks a couple of times, and she then she says finally, she just says, eighteen. And uh, the fellow says, well, actually, no, it's it's not eighteen. But just like that, at the snap of the fingers, all the other women in her club just start chanting. Give her another chance. Give her another chance. And uh, the guy likes that. And he says, you know what? They're right. Let's give you another chance. And he says, uh, how much is five plus five? And, well, sadly, she just looks down again. And she's thinking really hard and concentrating. And, and she just uh, finally says, 11? And he says, "Oh, I'm sorry. That's no, that's that's not not right again." And sure enough, the women in the club from the stands just start chanting again: "Give her another chance! Give her another chance!" And the fellow's touched by this. He says, "Absolutely, let's give her another chance." And uh, all right, how much is two plus two? And she immediately brightens up and says, four. And all the women in the stands chant. Give her another chance. Give her another chance. (laughs) I'm sorry, the Colonel and I were chuckling again at that one. That's a pretty good joke. And and I hope you like it. And if you do, pass it along and uh, write it down and put it in your diary. And that brings me to my second favorite part of the show The Poetry Corner. It sounds like that fellow with the cough could use a well an exam in the uh, get a good proctologist get an exam uh, this is a this is a good poem folks and you know I love poems as much as jokes and it's written by Oliver Wendell Holmes. I want to just qualify that for a second because there were two of them there was a father and a son and the one. You might know better was Oliver Wendell Holmes, Jr., who became, well, a great Supreme Court justice, and he was uh, really highly respected and known to be just a real man of the law. And uh, But his father, Oliver Wendell Holmes, Sr., well, this was, uh, as the colonel pointed out, he was a real Renaissance man. He was a poet, and he had a full load of medical training, a professor at college, and uh, he was an inventor, by the way. And he also had training in law, too, though he never practiced it, but this was uh, quite a guy. And uh, he wrote this poem, and it's called Sun and Shadow. And here it is. As I look from the isle o'er its billows of green, to the billows of foam-crested blue, Yon bark that afar in the distance is seen, Half dreaming my eyes will pursue. Now dark in the shadow she scatters the spray, As the chaff in the stroke of the flail. Now white as the seagull she flies on her way, The sun gleaming bright on her sail. Yet her pilot is thinking of dangers to shun, Of breakers that whiten and roar. How little he cares if in shadow or sun They see him who gaze from the shore. He looks to the beacon that looms from the reef, To the rock that is under his lee, As he drifts on the blast like a wind-wafted leaf O'er the gulfs of the desolate sea." Thus drifting afar to the dim-vaulted caves Where life and its ventures are laid, The dreamers who gaze while we battle the waves May see us in sunshine or shade. Yet true to our course, though the shadows grow dark, We'll trim our broad sail as before And stand by the rudder that governs the bark nor ask how we look from the shore. Isn't that nice? Sun and Shadow by Oliver Wendell Holmes Sr. And if you like that again, and I hope you do, please pass it on. It's so well put. How would we look at a moment like that? Or would we look at others at a moment like that? You know what? I'm glad no one has asked me. I've never really understood. I have nothing against boats. I have nothing against ships, but I don't think I get them the way people get them. You know, if I I've been on a couple where you know a friend a uh, a boss once had a well a, bus, a big sailing boat, big I don't know what the one big mast and a couple of smaller ones and and he really used to like to whip along through the through the wherever we were. This was outside Boston, and, you know, and, by the way, he had a ton to drink and a ton to eat on the boat there in the cabin. I don't know the names for these things. Can you tell? But, you know what? He had a bunch of things, and I, all I could think was I was there, you know, there on the seat holding on to the rail and just thinking, soon this will be over. I don't, and I didn't, by the way, I didn't, lie to him, and I wasn't shy about it, he says, uh, how, how do you, how do you like the ride so far, and I said, you know what, I like it as much as I like you, and he laughed because, I said, and as you know, I don't like you at all, so, I'm not, I'm not a big one for boats, or a big one for, for giant ships, I did a show on one, once, on a giant ship, but, uh, I don't like television shows about. Well, here's how the crew talks about the passengers. I don't. I I, I don't need to know that. If you do, by the way, I'm glad you do. I'm glad you like it, and I hope you keep liking it. And that brings me to my third favorite part of the show. M M M, triple M, the magic movie moment. Still the greatest piano note in the world. Uh, This is also as wonderful to pass along as, as a good poem or a good joke. A magic movie moment. There are movies we've seen 10, 20, 30 times each. And they mean a lot. Oh, boy, they mean an awful lot. This one I saw just two days ago. And it is, if you will, it's a holiday movie. I mean, it's been... My family and I used to watch this when I was a kid every single year. And it was a big family holiday tradition. And the movie is called The Wizard of Oz. It's a great movie, folks. It was made in 1939. And it's both in black and white and color, if you know this movie. And, oh, Lord, directed by Mervyn LeRoy and George Cukor. Starring Judy Garland, Bert Lahr, Bill Haley, Frank Morgan, Margaret Hamilton. Oh, as the Wicked Witch of the West. Oh, and Frank Morgan, who was the wizard. And Charles Grapewin, who played Uncle Henry. And folks, it's a great movie. I saw it again. I just caught it on TV. And it was just starting. And I thought, oh, Lord, it's one of those movies that I just know I'm going to watch the whole way through. It's, it's beautiful and funny and moving. And the magic movie moment, this time for me, there are many great moments in it and great scenes, but this time for me it was Judy Garland singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Now, this might not, nah, might not sound that moving to you or that impressive to you. I'm telling you folks, see it again. If you've never seen it, well, just see it soon. But if you, even if you've seen it 20 times, see it again. It comes near the beginning of the movie, just a few minutes in, and she's, well, there's not even a, a, a big introduction to it. And she's walking back home with her dog, Toto. You remember him. But, you know, she gets back to the farm there, and, well, as you know, if you know anything about the movie, this is, Well, this is before that big storm comes, that big tornado, and she's just, well, daydreaming and thinking about the way life could be and could be in different places, and she sings this great song, oh, brother, and uh, written by Harold Arlen, by the way, the music, and uh, she sings Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and uh, God bless Judy Garland, she's the greatest talent in a way we've ever produced. And she's just beautiful. And she was good Lord. She was only about 17 or 18 when she made this. Folks, that song is beautiful. The words are gorgeous. And holy mackerel, somewhere over the rainbow, way up high, there's a land that I dreamed of once In a lullaby. It's just beautiful. And it's a great magic movie moment. And she sings the heck out of that song. And she's alone and Toto's there. And she pets him and kisses him as she's singing. And, well, when that's over, you could say the rest of the movie sort of starts. Because that's where, well, you notice the wind is kicking up a bit. And, uh, you know what, though? it's it's such a good movie see the movie again folks and that song well I'll bet you a dollar that song Somewhere Over the Rainbow and that great scene and the way it's shot and the way Judy Garland sings it it became her theme for the rest of her life by the way and well she's a heck of a talent and I'll bet you you see you you'll think it's a magic movie moment, too. And by the way, here's a little fun fact about that movie. The original Tin Man was Buddy Ebsen, And you, well, you know the name, I'm guessing, Buddy Ebsen, And you know him from many, many, being the star of many shows like Barnaby Jones, but especially the Beverly Hillbillies. That was a great show. And he was Uncle Jed. He was Jed Clampett, and he was great in everything he did. And by the way, he was cast in that because the producers saw him in something else. He was wonderful in. I just read this today as I was thinking about it. And a part he was wonderful in, And Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, my gosh. With, uh, holy mackerel, with George Pappard. And, uh, oh, I'm losing my mind. I can't think of the great star, the great woman, the beautiful woman. uh, uh, Oh, Audrey Hepburn, for goodness sake. I was thinking of the great Audrey Meadows for a second. But, folks, you know what? Buddy Epson was so good in that part, and that's why he was cast in the Beverly Hillbillies. So see The Wizard of Oz. You'll be glad you did. And there are things we do where we're glad we do them. But things sometimes, we forget how good things are. And that's what I realized about Thanksgiving. Yes, we just passed it. And you know what? I was wrong. I was wrong about how cranky I was getting about, oh, here's a big holiday coming up. And uh, my wife, who uh, was works hard. She's a great comedy writer, good writer, producer. She's at work right now. And she said to me, well, after the tumult and the chaos of the election, and she said to me, uh, you know, I don't feel like making a big Thanksgiving this year. And uh, she said, I hope you don't mind, but I don't want to have a bunch of guests over and I don't want to cook a big Thanksgiving dinner. And well, of course, I just said, sure, you know, honey, whatever you want, that's that's fine, good. And you also know how events go. So you get a little closer to it, and you think about it a little bit more, and you get a little stronger than you thought. And she made and put on a great Thanksgiving. And I told her this many times uh, during and after. She really did. It, by the way, it took weeks. These things take weeks before you... Think about everything. She designed the house and then the living room and the dining room and set it up and bought all the, well, little flowers to put in a glass and, uh, well, you know, uh, napkins where you have to take the the price tags off. That was my job for this whole thing, by the way. Our uh, second son was going to put them in the little napkin rings, but uh, she said... uh, (laughs) <laughs> That's a classic lunk-headed husband's job, you know. Uh, all right, Larry, you, you, you take the price tags off. Or she just wanted to remind me how much they cost. But you know what? We all did a little bit, but she put the whole thing on. Designed it all, set it up, and again, it took weeks, and it was very, well, it was fancy and lovely. There were 11 of us. In total, which is more than well, she said she did what she said. As I told you, she didn't want a big Thanksgiving and didn't have the strength anymore. But you know, uh, we—that's how big events go. And we had eleven people we care about very much. She cooked a great meal with all the trimmings, whatever that means. I don't know where that word came from, but and we—the biggest turkey in the history of turkeys. Folks, I'm telling you, it, in fact, it was as big as the actual country. That's how big the turkey was. And it was seriously good. You don't have turkeys much, really, if you think about it. I, I I don't. It's not a meal that people cook a lot. But boy, when you do, sometimes it doesn't work out perfectly or that well. This was seriously good. I mean, huge and juicy and terrific. Yeah, it was as big as a corvair. And she made two different kinds of, of gravy. And we all, boy, we poured it on. And it was great. And, well, we said a toast. I made a toast and said a quick prayer for our older son, who's, as you know, is in the Middle East, as a Marine. And, boy, and she, she made, I'm telling you, that turkey was you could see it was done, and she was nervous about it. She kept saying, you know, just in the hour before you take the thing out, she kept, you know, she was saying to sort of watch everyone there and kind of nervously giggling that, uh, you know, it's just it's it's just a chicken. It's just a big chicken. It's just like a chicken, but it's just a big chicken. So it's it's, it's just a chicken, but bigger. It's a bigger chicken. And I thought, well, you know what? That's not a bad way to think of things. That's Okay, so it's, uh, but you realize afterwards, no, it is more than that. It's a very big holiday for us. It's Thanksgiving. I love that traditional dinner that where you reach in and you bring that turkey over and it's on a big platter. Well, you can't really, by the way, that's like that Norman Rockwell painting, which is a wonderful painting. It's a beautiful painting. And a good-looking turkey, by the way, well, he was a great great artist, sure, it's going to be a good-looking turkey, but this thing you take it out and you show it to everyone, and then you take it. you know into the counter in the pantry, you got everything set up, all the knives and all the towels and all the platters. It's funny that's a that's a food for which you need the word platter. You could put turkey on a plate, I guess, but plate doesn't sound quite right, does it? No, this was right for a platter, and folks, it earned. It's platter. And my wife, oh, she made a beautiful turkey. And she made stuffing and a potato thing with walnuts. I think it's, that's its, its actual name, the potato thing. And uh, with walnuts, and So the potatoes were kind of mashed up somewhere between baked and mashed. I mean, they were with a brown thing on them, a sauce thing. I use the word thing a lot for Thanksgiving, by the way. That's my family tradition. And, yes, Brussels sprouts and carrots. And I know I said last week, I don't nothing green on Thanksgiving, okay? Let's not have anything green for Thanksgiving. We have it all year long. But she was right, too, because it makes it all look good. And when you set it up on that counter, we set it up uh, sort of buffet style. And uh, so those vegetables right there. Sure, you take, you know, you take five or six of them. Well, I took one. I took one Brussels sprout and one piece of carrot. And I know that's, look, I wanted to be, well, participate, be on the team. But I didn't eat vegetables right then. I took the turkey, stuffing, and the potato thing with the brown thing on it. And by the way, here's the thing about Thanksgiving that I had forgotten. And maybe you forgot, too. And maybe you and I forget every year. She got four nice fancy cheeses with names you can't pronounce for appetizers, and got a bunch of crackers. And uh, and then and her sister, Aunt Helen. Well, she's Aunt Helen to our kids, but she's uh, my sister-in-law, Helen, and uh, she's great. And she came with her husband, Robert, and their son is in Argentina now, in Buenos Aires. And uh, he used to be a Marine, too, by the way. And uh, he's going to be coming back in April. But uh, our other guests brought things they made, too. And by dessert time, we had four homemade pies with Cool Whip and coffee. And I might have mentioned this last week, but we like Cool Whip. We got into a habit of using Cool Whip. Now, when I was a kid, I don't think I ever had it when I was a kid, but we have it in the tub it comes in. So when we laid out all the desserts, we put out the Cool Whip with a spoon in it. And you know what? I think that's dandy. I think that's a fine thing to do. Is it as fancy as hand whipping something? No, but I think it's kind of neat. Hey, how do you look? Look at that. There's a, there's a big tub of Cool Whip and wine, by the way. Everybody brought wine, a lot of wine. But Aunt Helen, her sister Helen, my sister-in-law Helen, made the two great things she brings every year. Pepper and garlic in oil and pecan pie. She makes them both, and they're awfully good. First of all, i got to tell you, that, that, that pecan pie is terrific. She makes a great pecan pie. And, you know, even though it's not the well, who knows? I guess a piece of pie isn't the best thing for you. But, well, it's Thanksgiving. How many times have we all said that? Well, it's Thanksgiving. She makes a great pecan pie. And this pepper thing, I'm telling you, folks, I might have mentioned it over the years, last year or the year before. But I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's pieces of, of pepper uh, from the ones you get in the store. Just pepper, you know, that uh, come looking like a very odd apple. You know, but, you know, a couple of red ones and a couple of golden ones. And she cuts those up and softens them, cooks them in something or other, and then puts them in a big casserole dish with garlic. She chops up the garlic, and there's a lot of it, and kind of a ton of garlic. But, and it's in an oil, not so much, just enough to get it moving a little bit. I'm telling you, this is the greatest thing that's ever been made. She brings it every year, and we put it right on the counter. Well, I do. And no one else eats it. Everyone tries it. But I'm telling you, me and uh, our older boy, who missed it this year because, well, he's on duty there. But uh, he knew that she was going to bring it, and I had, wow. Folks, you know what? This is something else we forget. What you eat before Thanksgiving is dinner. What you, you have had just enough food right there, you know, And we had other things like uh, mixed nuts. but uh, you can eat nuts anytime during the year. You can eat nuts every day. I love nuts. I, who doesn't love nuts? But uh, I, I didn't have any that day because but you have all this cheese, all those crackers, the pepper and the garlic and the, and the oil. Oh man and we had two or three other things that people bring also a dip for this or that. And I'm telling you that food was so good. That's your dinner. And folks were going to come the uh what we said was come at 4 and uh Helen and Robert came at 2 just so we could hang out together and they can help set things up and but everyone came at 4 and I'm telling you When you start eating what's on that counter at four, and that turkey was supposed to be done at 5.30, and, uh, no, it was supposed to be done at five, and then you let it sit out for an hour, and, uh, you know, just like a chicken. But, I mean, you let it sit out there, and you've had so much good food. And my wife, and she was right, by the way. She leaned over to me and said, you know, it's enough uh, Of Helen's peppers, you know, I know you love them, but remember there's going to be a a really nice, good Thanksgiving dinner that I cooked, you know, but, I mean, she did the job on it, and she's right. And so I stopped eating about 80% of what I had been eating. So I was still eating another full dinner. But, boy, those peppers are good. And you know what, folks? If... uh, I used to be the bartender for these things because we all had before dinner when everyone got there at four, we would all either go to the I'd go to the counter and put everything out. or well, we sometimes went downstairs to the bar and we all had, I made martinis and there was whiskey and vodka and not just one or two, you know, but the, the truth is by the time the turkey is done, so are you. And I'm telling you, that's that's the first part of Thanksgiving, not anymore. more. And uh, it's been well. It's even better that way. But I'm telling you, after, if you've had, say, two or three big martinis, with nothing but a couple of pieces of pepper with garlic, well, you know it's a holiday. You're throwing a heck of a Thanksgiving. You you down three punch bowl sized martinis with it. You've done your job. I'll tell you I can tell you, that walk back upstairs to the food takes longer than you'd think it would. And we had a wonderful dinner. And I was wrong. that's why I was wrong. Everybody, my wife set up, and uh, my other son and I, you know, uh, he put the, the the napkins in the uh, in those little napkin rings. And I briefly had the idea of leaving the price tags on them just to show people. <laughs> but, no, of course, I wouldn't do that. And, uh, and we sat down, and I just, I always like to say something. I would say, you know, folks, this is a very important holiday. And it's a good chance for all of us to, well, let a breath out and just be together. And you're my holiday family. It's not like it was when we were all kids. But I'm glad you're here. And I said, you know, we rose a glass as a toast to my other son and uh, the Marine and said a prayer for him. And boy, oh boy, that food was good. I was wrong about that food. The dinner my wife made and the dinner we had was the best dinner I've had in quite a while. And we forget sometimes that big holidays, especially Thanksgiving, that's the number one. This is the time to relax. And you know what? Be thankful for crying out loud. The word is right there Thanksgiving. Give thanks. Think and say everything for which you're grateful. And that's what I did when I, whenever we all sat in a circle in the living room and after dinner. And, uh, boy, they put out those desserts, those pies, and with the cool whip there, and everybody brought a cup of coffee, whatever they had, into the uh, living room. And I wanted everyone to say, you know what, let's just go around in the circle and just say what we're grateful for, what we're thankful for as individuals. And a couple of folks did that. And, uh, of course, about four seconds in, it went right back to the election. And I know it's important stuff, I guess. And but uh, and they wanted to talk about it. that's fine. I didn't. Uh, I didn't interrupt anybody. But uh, unless you call shouting, oh come on, <laughs> interrupting. But I didn't. And I would say again, though, two or three times, I love you all. Remember, you're my you're my Thanksgiving family. And let's make this more personal, though. I know the. All sorts of things are important, but let's let's relax and forget that for just this one meal. Let's go around the room. And I started it. I wanted to say this. I wanted to say how much my wife and children mean to me. I really wanted to say that, and I did, that I realized this year how important my wife was to me and how important my kids are to me. And... And I said it, and I don't know how it was received by, by them or by everyone, but I wanted to say that. You know what? And a couple of folks did that. They're wonderful people, and they saw this as a family too. And I think that's the important thing to remember for all of us, for Thanksgiving, for all great holidays, yes, but especially for Thanksgiving. What are you grateful for? Well, I'm grateful for my wife and kids and all the blessings we've had and our health. And you know what? I'm grateful for Colonel Jeff and for all of you, every one of you. I love this show and I love doing it. And you know what? Thank you. And I think that's something good for you to remember too. I hope you did it this year, but remember it for next year. Say what you're grateful for and know that you mean it. And you can sit there, whether it's in your living room in a circle or anywhere else, and you'll know you really finally understood what Thanksgiving is all about. It's a great meal, but it's really about that circle and everything you're grateful for. And you know that and I know that. But we all know the same things. We know that Homer is Homer and Pluto is a planet. And so remember, folks, as always, if you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to and someone there who cares about you, folks, the game's over and you've won. And I'm thankful for that, too. Be well, and we'll see you here next time.